You're tuned in to The Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato. There is a culture war that is going on. It's actually a spiritual war. You know it, I know it, but how deep does it go? How deep are the tentacles into our society? Are there, are there elements that we don't even realize as Christians, as astute Christians? Are there, are there things like Barbie dolls that could actually be influencing our kids in a way that we didn't even realize? You know, Disney, all these different brands that we're so used to? Well, I, I say yes. And today I wanna to get into this because I've been studying, uh, thanks to Jonathan Kahn, who did a video on this the other day, uh, the origins of Barbie. And what I found was actually quite shocking. Uh, we're going to have Jonathan on the show in September, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Jonathan's been on several times, and he's going to come. I'd like him to talk about this because I think it's important. Uh, but I think you need to know about the, uh, you know, the origins of the Barbie doll because I didn't know this. It's actually up on remnant.news. You can go to remnant.news, and on there you can see the history of Barbie and uh, I'm going to read it because I think every parent on here needs to know this. So it was created by Ruth Handler. That's interesting, Handler. And first introduced by Mattel in 1959. And the Barbie doll has been a backstory that many people find surprising. There's a backstory to Barbie. Did you know that? Well, the movie just came out. And uh, in the movie, there was a trans person playing a character. Uh, there was a lot of sexualization for, for a movie that's supposed to be geared towards children, I mean, who's going to go watch the Barbie movie? Obviously, adults did go, uh, but a lot of people thought, you know, it's a Barbie movie. It's going to be for kids. Actually, it was sexualized. There was sexualization in the movie. There was an agenda that many people are noticing that was very clear. Uh, Anti-men, anti-masculinity. Uh, the men were kind of depicted as, you know, diminished and, and kind of weak, you know, soy boys. Uh, the women, you know, didn't need the men. I mean, there was a lot of hidden messaging in this movie. And a lot of people have been talking about it. But they haven't talked about this, the history of Barbie, which I find quite interesting. So anyway, Ruth Handler, who was the co-founder of Mattel, by the way, was inspired to create Barbie after noticing her daughter, Barbara, enjoyed playing with paper dolls of adult women rather than baby dolls. So her idea was to create a three-dimensional adult-like doll for kids to play with. But here's the thing. The origin of Barbie actually traces back further than 1959. In the early 1950s, Ruth Handler came across a German doll called Build Lily, which was a popular novelty gift for adults in Germany, okay? Now, the Lily doll, first launched in 1955, was based on a comic strip character from a German tabloid. And in the comic strip, Lily was portrayed as a sassy, single woman who found herself in provocative sexual situations. Think about this. What's the spirit behind this? It says, test the spirits in the Bible, right? The doll itself was dressed in skimpy outfits that were reminiscent of those worn by prostitutes. It was initially marketed to adult men as a gag gift, but later became popular with children. Now, Ruth Handler bought a few Lily dolls during a trip to Europe and brought them back 
to the United States with the help of Mattel's design team. She used the Lily doll as a uh, blueprint to create Barbie. Several modifications were made to make the doll more palatable. Now, when Barbie debuted at the American International Toy Fair in 1959 out in New York, apparently it was an instant hit. And the first Barbie doll wore black and white. Uh, It was like a striped swimsuit. And, you know, the Barbie had a ponytail and was available as blonde or brunette. Now, since then, Barbie has undergone uh, numerous transformations reflecting changes in fashion trends, societal norms. I think of Barack Obama, you know, social norms. Always talking about social norms changing. And culture shifts, according to Mattel. Over the years, Barbie has been both celebrated and criticized. Uh, since she had lauded for empowering young girls to dream big, uh, Barbie has been a doctor, an astronaut, a scientist, a politician, and many other professionals. At the same time, Barbie has faced backlash for promoting unrealistic beauty standards, a liberal agenda, and a materialistic lifestyle. The recent Barbie movie has sparked debate and controversy, uh, controversy among those who point out how many of the scenes in the movie are not geared towards children and seem to promote a sexualized tone. There also seems to be elements of a woke undertone that many are displeased about. One of the characters in the movie was played by a trans actor. So this is just something to think about. Now, I'm not here saying, oh, my gosh, now now he's attacking Barbie. You know, first it was Disney, then it was Barbie. What can we play with? Look, here's the deal. I'm not trying to be insanely strict. What I want to do is have the conversation because clearly there's been an assignment on the kids. And I think many of you that are in this remnant community, you understand that. There's been an assignment. There's been an agenda uh, to go after our kids, to sexualize our kids. I saw it in Hollywood. I've talked about it recently pretty extensively. Uh, I saw it in Hollywood. I know it's been going on for a long time. And as the Lord, I feel like the Lord is peeling the, the covers back, you know, so that we can see more and more. Because if he showed it to us all right away, it would almost be overwhelming. So it's like, you know, the Lord in his mercy and his grace, he's, 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 he's bringing people forward, very, very uh, bold people that are taking the time to look at the actual history, to look at the dynamics, to look at what is actually going on, and then bring this information forward for the folks so that you as a parent, as a grandparent, as a person of God, can then ask the Holy Spirit and and say, Holy Spirit, give me discernment. Now, is it the worst thing if you buy a Barbie doll for your daughter? No. Um, Does my daughter have Barbie dolls? I'm going to be honest. Yes. Now, recently, I've come to understand a little bit more about Barbie, especially since the movie came out. And now I'm kind of looking back at these Barbies that my daughter has, and I'm just saying, okay, I need to pray over them. Uh, Do I need to take them away? Well, I think that's an individual decision between you and God. I don't know that that's what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to take them away, but I am going to pray over them. And it's just interesting to me to know the history here so that we can understand the roots. But it's a far bigger attack. It's, it's, I don't want to just make this show today about Barbie. It's a far bigger attack. The only reason why I'm talking about Barbie, and again, you, you parent have to pray about this. I, I'm not a, some people will try to paint me to be some extreme type person. I'm not. Uh, I remember going to a church where they said you can't dance, you know, you can't go to the movies. I never say those things. In fact, we promote a lot of Christian movies on this broadcast. I'm, I'm not an extremist. I, I just care about you. And I know that those that know me and that are listening and that go to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit for yourself, 
is this pastor bringing this up just to bring up some clickbait or is he actually bringing something forward that there could be something connected spiritually? And that's what we're looking into in today's broadcast. It's not necessarily the doll that you bring in your home. I'm not saying that's necessarily demonic, but there could be demonic elements depending on which one you bring in. I mean, they're getting more and more brazen with these dolls and they're bringing out more characters in these dolls. Now they're pushing some of the woke agenda. Well, the woke agenda is demonic. So maybe that particular doll, yeah, don't buy that one. You got to pray about it. Or maybe a parent will just say, you know what? I just don't feel right about Barbie after seeing the movie and understanding the history of the brand. And you know what? There's just other toys that I will buy my daughter instead of buying Barbie from here on out. And that might be the decision we need to make. I'm currently praying about this. I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm praying about it. I have, I'm not there yet, but I just think it's interesting and kind of disappointing, but not surprising that yet another brand, as I look into it, I find some nefarious history that it's just amazing. It's like, couldn't it just be something wholesome that just some American person came up with as a doll for kids to play with? There's no agenda. There's no social changes and and all kinds of depictions of different, you know, transgenders and things like that. Couldn't it just, why can't they just stick to a toy? Why does there always have to be some other thing about it? And that's where I think I get annoyed because it's like these companies, these woke corporations, why can't they just sell the product and why can't the customer be the main focus, you know, and why does there have to be an agenda? Why does there have to be some type of backstory or some type of propaganda or something that they're pushing, whether it's publicly like what Bud Light just did recently, or whether they're uh, covertly pushing it like Barbie, where then we find out, wow, the history of this doll, huh, actually there, it was a prostitute in, in, in Germany, and it was, it was a gag gift for adult men. Did you know that? I mean, it's just surprising. It's surprising, but yet it's not. So we're going to get into the concept of the nuclear family in the Bible, and what it means, what the Bible actually says about the nuclear family, and I'm going to explain why there is so much of this as we are led by the Holy Spirit to uncover certain things and start to see as watchmen on the wall with the Issachar anointing of understanding and discerning the times, understand why God is showing us these things so that we can be aware, not extreme you know, just be aware how we can pray, how we can guard our children. Many of you are taking your kids out of public school because you don't like the curriculum. Hey, good for you. You know, we're going to talk more about all these things. And, and again, if your kids are in regular school, that's okay too. But just make sure you're raising them in the Lord. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as the remnants all around the world. On the app, by the way, we have an app on pastortodd.org, and you can follow us on all our social media, which we'd appreciate. My Facebook is at Real Todd Coconato. We have a new book out, by the way, called Come Out From Among Them. Come Out From Among Them. It's from Charisma, and uh, it's a very important book, and you can find it at pastortodbook.com, pastortodbook.com. All right, we're talking about uh, the attack on the nuclear family. And subtle, subtle, weird things that as you look into things like Barbie, for instance, you find stuff and it's like, why? I mean, again, I'm not trying to over and out, you know, analyze things. Um, you know, there, there isn't like an attack under every single rock. 
But I do think that we are in a time where if you have the desire to know, God will show you. And when you see just how deep the tentacles are, you understand how we get, you know, how we get to where we are today, how we got here. It's it's pretty apparent when you start understanding that all these things that we've thought are normal and just part of growing up like a Barbie doll, for instance, there's actually a story behind Barbie. That's crazy. It was a, it was a doll in Germany that was a gag gift that was uh, dressed as a prostitute. And then when you see the women today and they're many of these young kids and the way they dress, you think, well, now it kind of makes a little more sense. They're look, they're watching these shows, you know, Nickelodeon, Disney, where these stars then turn very provocative. They start singing these songs on the stages of a lot of these award shows and different things. And they're doing all kinds of rituals and, you know, halftime shows. And they call you a conspiracy theorist, but then you look into it and actually there's, it's really not a conspiracy, is it? So many of you who listen to the show, you're awake. You understand what I'm talking about, but some people, this is new to you. And, and I'm just going to take it from a factual standpoint. I'm, I literally read you the history of Barbie. Look, there's no disputing. No one's going to fact check that. That is the reality. That's what happened. Okay, that was the story. You can find it on remnant.news. It's right up there, remnant.news, one of the first stories up there. And so we're going to get into the concept of the nuclear family and, and the Bible, what it actually refers to in, in looking at the family unit so that you can understand, we can understand why the devil is targeting the nuclear family, why this has been a target for a while. There's a reason for this. I think about my days in Hollywood, and I just think about everything that I experienced out there, and I really believe wholeheartedly God allowed me to see those things so that I can talk about them. Because if I didn't have that perspective, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today in sharing these things. I think it's a timely thing that we as believers come out from among them. And so in Genesis 2, 24, it says this, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, not his husband. And we're not talking about gay marriage here. We're talking about to his wife and they shall become one flesh. It, it's very specific. I want to make this very clear. It's very specific. Genesis 2, 24. It's literally the second chapter in the Bible. Um, this is the formation of a new family with Adam and Eve. And the scripture emphasizes the importance of the marital bond, when a man and a woman marry, they become one unit, one before Christ, one separate from their parents. And it's more than just one unit. They're literally looked as one flesh. That's what the scripture says, one flesh before the Lord. That's why God is really for marriage. Now, I'm not saying there aren't instances where you can get a divorce. I'm not saying that if you've got a divorce, because I know many of you have, that the Lord is going to be against you or it's going to ruin your life. It's not. There is, you You move forward past that. If you were in sin, you repent. If you weren't, you ask the Lord for grace and you move forward and, and ask him to heal your heart and he will. And and listen, there's more people that are listening right now that have been through a divorce than haven't. I'm just gonna be honest with you. There's more. So you're not alone. Your life is not over. I wanna say this very clearly because somebody needs to hear this today. Your life is not over. God is about to do something new and fresh in your life. Don't look back, move forward. Move forward in Jesus' name. I just declare and decree God has something in store for you. It's hope in a future. His promises, yes and amen. Your life is not over. Somebody needed to hear that. I just feel that very strongly. That's you, yes. So Psalm 127.3 says this, says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Well, give me an example, Pastor Todd. Well, the birth of Isaac to Sarah and Abraham. There's a heritage. Think about that, Isaac the heritage of Isaac, right? 
Um, children are seen as blessings from God, adding to the nuclear family and continuing the family line. The Lord says, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. The, the deep state, the globalists, the cabal, the elites, they want you not to multiply. That's, that's one of the reasons behind the gay agenda is there's no multiplication that's going to happen there. So that, that is part of the reason, a big part of why it's being pushed so heavily. But of course, there are demonic reasons as well. And so we have to understand this attack on the nuclear family. It's very in our face, very in our face. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord for what this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Uh, Joseph respected his father, Jacob. That's an example. Um, Some commentary. The scripture highlights the importance of children respecting and obeying their parents. And I'm going to tell you this. There's actually a promise with that. It's, it's, It's a longer life. You know, we were to honor our father and mother, honor them. And the Lord has a promise in that. And I've seen the Lord honor that in people that I know. You know, rebellious children, people that are angry, that treat their parents bad, they tend to have health problems. I mean, just look at it, it's true. Versus those that have honored their father and mother and respected them, respected their position, respected their office. Uh, Proverbs uh, 22.6 Proverbs 22, 6, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when, he was, uh, when he's old, he will not depart from it. Yeah, Timothy, he uh, had a great upbringing by his mother Eunice and his grandmother uh, Lois. Timothy was a powerful man of God. And uh, listen, you can tell when somebody has been raised well. You can tell in the fruit of their life. It's very apparent that the devil wants to stop that he wants kids to be in in a spirit of rebellion he wants kids to destroy their lives he wants to introduce drugs and pharmacia alcohol abuse addictions all kinds of vices and bondage but but actually the lord is he, he avails freedom from those things he sets the captive free he avails freedom from the bondage of sin and death so that's why we have to train up a child in the way that he should go she should go and so that when he is old or she is old, they will not depart from the faith. It's very important. Part of the nuclear family. Uh, Colossians. Colossians three eighteen through 21 says this. Instructions for wives, husbands, children, and fathers to love, respect, and obey each other. Uh, Mary and Joseph's dedication to raising Jesus is an example of this. Uh, the scripture highlights the importance of mutual respect and understanding in the nuclear family. There's something about a couple that respects and honors each other. Have you seen that in, in marriages, people that you know, hopefully your marriage, where, where the husband honors the wife. There's a, there's a love. There's a fellowship. There, there's a joy in that home. It changes everything. It is, it's so distinctive compared to a home that there's combativeness and abuse and anger and, and, and vitriol. So we want to we wanna pray. Now, there's many of you that are listening. You say, well, I wish I had that. But there is a lot of division in my home. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to change that. So stay tuned uh, because we're going to get into that very subject, how we change the atmosphere in our home and we bring in what we're talking about, a, a home that there's peace, there's rest, the joy of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you got to worship regularly. Invite the Holy Spirit in the home and, and just say, Lord, touch my spouse. All right, uh, PastorTodd.org is the website, PastorTodd.org. And uh, you can find my new book at PastorTodbook.com, PastorTodbook.com. And we will be right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show, The Remnant.
All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. We are all around the world streaming live right now. I'm so thankful that you're here today. And we are talking about the attack on the nuclear family. It's way deeper than what most people realize. We talked in the first segment about Barbies because, you know, Barbie, the movie is out and we found out that they are pushing this woke agenda in the movie. Trans people acting in the movie, sexualized scenes. We come to find out that the devil wants to attack the nuclear family. And I was talking about before the break, some of you are in a situation where there's, there's division in your home and you're discouraged. And I want you to know you're far from alone. As a pastor, I talk to people all the time that are dealing with this. How do I change this, Pastor Todd? Well, we've got we've to really become prayer warriors. I don't, I'm not just talking about one prayer here and there. I'm talking about becoming a prayer warrior, an intercessor. You've got to intercede. This is a battle that you're in. It's a spiritual battle for the soul of your family. It's a spiritual battle for your marriage. And I know a lot of times it seems like it's easier to just bail out. And sometimes that's wise, especially if you're in a situation where there's abuse, physical abuse, especially, but not always. A lot of times God is calling us to contend, to contend for our marriage, to contend for our rebellious child. Uh, A lot of children, we raise them right. You say, Pastor, I raised them right. I raised them in the Lord. I prayed with them. I read scripture to them. I, I protected them. And then they went to school and you know, something happened there, and now my child is rebellious, and I don't know what to do. Well, let, let's talk about it. What we can do is we can become intercessors for them. We could literally become prayer warriors. This is, sometimes this battle is not something that's going to change overnight. You know, my mom, I talk about this a lot. She interceded for me, and it wasn't something that changed overnight. There was a course of probably three to four years where I was deeply in the world after I had been an actor, probably from 16 to 17, 18, 19, 20 Around that time in my life, I was caught up. I was in the L.A. underground scene. Uh, I was partying. I was doing designer drugs. I mean, i am just be honest. I was messed up. And that was many, many years ago, you know, over 27 years ago, I think now. But uh, at that time, though, you know, it seemed uh, like there was no, you know, I wasn't getting out. And actually, friends of mine died. Uh, people overdosed. People committed suicide. People got killed. There was all kinds of crazy stuff happening in Los Angeles. It was a dark time, and I still think that stuff's still happening. I'm sure it is. I remember my high school, people. there was drive-by shootings at my high school, and we were not in a bad neighborhood, per se. We were in the San Fernando Valley, but uh, there were drive-bys. There was stuff going on. There was gangs. There was all kinds of stuff that the kids were getting caught up in, and the Lord spared my life, and I am thankful for it. He changed my life. He got me out of it, but I'm going to attribute that to a praying mom a praying grandpa, praying grandma. And I think my dad even said a few prayers here and there, but he himself was also a rebel at that time. Uh, you know, so prayers matter. And my mom's story, listen, people see the glory, they don't know the story. A lot of times people, you know, see somebody now like myself and they just think, oh, it's always been so easy and so great. First of all, it's not easy now, but I'm going to tell you it was not easy then either. We've been through some stuff. We've been through a lot of stuff. I understand stuff. I understand that it's not... All, all peaches and cream, if you know what I mean. I know a lot of people try to make it out like everything's so blessed and highly favored. Maybe maybe that is your situation. Great. I ain't mad at you. I ain't hating on you if that's your situation. But for the rest of us that actually have a lot of battles that we're walking through, even currently, hold on. Know that you're on the winning team. Know that your prayers count. Know that your prayers matter. The devil wants you to feel like you're done. You're not done. This is part of the plan. It, it builds your 
fortitude. It builds, you know, we have to have tenacity. We've got to continue to walk every day, get up and say, oh, I know it's not easy today, Lord, but I'm going to get up. I, I said it this morning. Can I be transparent? We had a power outage last night and it kept me up for a couple hours and I was tossing and turning and thinking about all these different things. And I woke up and I just remember the Lord, you know, uh, putting something on my heart this morning. And I, I had a heavy heart though. I had a heavy heart. And I said, Lord, give me joy. Give me peace. Give me strength to get through this day. And I'm going to tell you, everything changed right then and there. See, some things happen instantaneously. Other things take time. The Bible says some things only through prayer and fasting. But if you're interceding for your household, turn on worship music. Anoint the house. Go around the house. Pray over the house. Anoint the house. Go around and do the the things that sometimes are difficult to do. But you got to do them. You got to do them because this is the battle. We are in a significant battle. And the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds. It's against principalities. It's against rulers of the dark, of the demonic realm. And they attack me daily. If, if I don't say it enough, I'll tell you, I'm constantly under attack. I need your prayers. Intercessors, thank you for praying for me. It's the only reason I get through. So we're in this together, but there is a way out, and that is through prayer and intercession, fasting, calling upon the name of the Lord, travailing, contending, getting in the scripture, declaring and decreeing the word, speaking words of life over your situation, having the faith to know that God is going to change your situation, not giving up, not growing weary and doing good, standing on the promise of God, knowing who you are in Christ. That's why we talk about these things so much. I just want to pray right now in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we want to thank you, Lord. I'm just praying spontaneously right now, but I believe there's some people that are listening that are going through this. They have a rebellious spouse. They have a spouse that's out of control. They have a household that there's, there's disagreement, there's disarray. There's all kinds of discord in the home. And we just want to break it right now in the name of Jesus. We say, go, you are not welcome in this house. Go lying spirit, go divisive spirit. In Jesus name, we pray Lord God that there would be unity in our home. We pray, Lord God, that our spouse would not be rebellious. We pray that our child would not be rebellious, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, that the gates of hell will not prevail, that you are arting a shield around them. You are the glory and the lifter of their head in the name of Jesus. Receive that right now if it's you. Receive that right now if it's you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody feels that right now. You feel the fire. You feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't even need to talk sometimes. We just praise the Lord. Just praise him. He is good. He's faithful. He is a good father. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but there's somebody on here. You've been holding a weight. You've been holding a burden. And that burden is, burden is taking its, its toll on you. It's even physically taking a toll. You have pain in your body because it's a manifestation of you holding on to these things. And God is saying he wants to set you free right now of it. Right now. You don't have to carry that burden anymore. Yes, there's an attack on the family, but there's a solution. There's a solution. In Genesis 18, 19, it says this, Genesis 18, 19, for I have chosen him, they may, he, he may command his children 
and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Uh, There's an example of somebody who did this. It's Abraham in his leadership with his family. This verse underscores the responsibility of parents to guide their children in the ways of God. We've got to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. Very important to do. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says this, And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Moses did this in teaching the Israelites. Parents are instructed, uh, instructed to teach their children about God, about the commandments of the Lord, about the principles of the word of God. Are you doing that? Listen, I'm not here to condemn you if you're not, but start today. Change, change the situation in your home. It starts with you. Revival starts in our heart. There's a lot of talk about revival. Listen, revival is great. It means new life. It means something was dead. And you revive it. Praise God. The Spirit of the Lord does that. I believe there's an undercurrent revival in our nation right now. I believe something's happening. Many of you have awakened in the last few years. Praise God. But it, it starts in our home. It starts in our heart. It starts in our family. It starts in our marriage. If we, if, you can minister all around the world, but if you got something going on in your home that ain't right, it doesn't matter what you're saying everywhere else. You got to get your house in order. Home is the first ministry. A lot of people are aspiring today. I was talking about this in the church the other day. They're aspiring to have a big ministry. They think that's glamorous. Oh, if I just have a big ministry, that's going to be the answer. No, it's not. You don't even know what what having a big ministry feels like. There's stress, so much stress. I'm not saying there aren't rewards, but there's a lot of stress involved. Some people do understand. You have a big ministry. You know what I'm talking about. Who cares if it's big or little? Does it matter to the Lord? No, the Lord says whatever he gives you, Be faithful with that. If you've got two people that you influence, praise God. Show those two people the way of the Lord. Disciple them, mentor them, and God will give you more. He'll expand your territory when you make it about him. But a lot of people have been glamorizing the ministry because they see all these people with the selfies and the big crowds and all these amazing camera shots. And look, I'm not here to mock and condemn that. I'm sure I've probably done a little bit of that too. That's not what I'm saying, but it's like that's not what it's about, folks. It's not about having a big ministry. It's about doing what the Lord has called us to do. It's about when we get home, him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. We don't want him to say, well done, worker of iniquity. I never knew you. There's a lot of showmen out there. Showmen can make it look real good. They're good actors. They're characters playing a part. They got their rod. They look like a prophet, like we would think that what a prophet would look like. You know, oh, wow, look at that person. It's a character. Unless the person has a heart for God. They can say all kinds of things that sound godly, but are they leading thousands of people to the Lord? Are they, are they utilizing their, their platform for the glory of the kingdom or is it for their own good? So the thing is, we've just got to be careful. That's why discernment is so important. But there's such an attack on the nuclear family. You know, I think about the BLM uh, period. Remember when everything, the cities were going on fire and everything? And, I, you know, you go to that BLM website and it says, uh, we're against the nuclear family. Now, they, they ended up taking it down. Why? Why were they against the nuclear family? Have you thought about that? Why would, why would a, a site that's supposed to be protecting the lives of black people be against the families of black people? Because that's what they're saying. Well, obviously, there's something nefarious in there, isn't there? And that's why they took it down. They didn't want us to see it. But for a while, they said, we, we're against the nuclear family. Why? Why would you be against the nuclear family? The nuclear family is going to set everybody black or white or whoever you are. Red, yellow, green. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. If you follow the Lord and the concepts of Scripture you're going to be set up for success. And so there is a, there's an anti-Christ spirit that is rising up in this land, just like there's a spirit of revival. 
It's simultaneous. I caught two simultaneous revolutions. One's good, one's bad. And the Lord is raising up a remnant. Those are you who are listening with a heart and a passion to stand for righteousness, to stand for what is good, what is holy, to hunger and thirst. And you, you, my friend, you, yes, you, you're called to intercede for those members in your family, your loved ones, your kids, your, your family members, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your friends, people that you work with, people you go to school with. You're called to intercede for their soul. See, you are the, are the, the conduit that the Lord is going to use to pull some of these people out of darkness. And that's why you've been under attack. Because the devil wants you discouraged, he wants you beat down, he wants you to feel like you're unworthy, but God has a plan. God is not going to leave us or forsake us. He is with us until the end. And we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. And you have a testimony, you have a story. There's something in you, there's a story, something sets you apart, you're different. And that's okay. No one else can fill your shoes. Only you, but you got to get up. You got to stand up. You got to walk in those shoes. Sometimes our own shoes are scary. It's like, how am I going to walk in these shoes? It, it seems scary to walk in them, but God, he didn't make a mistake. You know what I'm saying? He, he knew what he was doing in bringing you into the world. He knew what he was doing, bringing the world in this time. So listen, stand up, rise up remnant. God is doing a new thing. And so we're going to be back and we're going to do the final segment of the show and just kind of surmise everything we've talked about say yes there is an attack but hold on if you're a praying parent god is moving things in your situation even though the world is dark he hears the prayers of the righteous we'll be right back all right welcome back to the tide coconut show otherwise known as the remnant that you got something out today's broadcast you know we talk about the issues in our society we talk about the challenges but there's always a solution i want you to know that there's always a solution and the solution is found in jesus christ in his word and being an on-fire believer for christ not not giving up but the problem is a lot of people putting their hope in other stuff and other stuff's gonna let you down people are gonna let you down gurus are gonna let you down even some prophets are gonna let you down I hate to tell you some pastors are going to let you down, but God is not going to let you down. A long time ago, I had to make a decision. You know, I had seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in the church. I worked at a mega church. This is early on in my, um, you know, in the ministry that God has given me, early on. And I was working at a big church. It was a good church, and the pastor was good. It wasn't a bad mega church. It was actually a well-run, spirit-filled mega church. You would know it. And uh, anyways, I was there, and, and you know, I learned a lot there. I grew a lot, but the Lord then called my family and I out to start a church. And I saw things there, though, that hurt me. And I've, I've seen things over the years that hurt me. People have said hurtful things. They, they've said mean-spirited things. They've said things that are not true, but really hurt. They stung. And I remember the Lord telling me, you got to trust again. You got to trust again. And I share this often, but I, I just, I really think somebody needs to hear this today. There was a, a distinction that I had to make at that point in my walk with Christ. And it was that I, I know man is going to let me down. People are going to fail me. They're going to fall. Um, we've seen pastors fall. There's so much collateral damage every time a pastor falls. But they're human. People are human. 
And so we've got to remember it's between us and God. It's not between us and that person. Our walk is separate from whatever happens in that person's life, whatever that person does. Our walk is separate. It's distinct. It's unique. God's got his hand on your life. And even if you've been through some very difficult things, that's going to be your story. That's going to be your testimony. You know, when the scripture says we overcome by the word, uh, you know, by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that during that period of time, whenever it is, it, it makes you who you're meant to be. It, it, it crafts you. It molds you. It shapes you. You've been through abortions. You've been through abusive relationship. You've been through something, something that was painful. Maybe you're walking through it right now. And, and the thing is, is that that very thing is going to be the thing that defines your life. What are you going to do? You're going to spiral out of control. You're going to give up. Many people do. Think about all the people who commit suicide. That's what the devil's plan is for you. He wants you to kill yourself. He wants you to end your life. That's the devil's plan. That's not God's plan. God has a plan for you. It's a good plan. But you got to hold on. You got to press ahead. You got to not grow weary in doing good. You got to realize the battle that we're in. And you got to know that even then when there's a, a weapon that's formed against you, it's not going to prosper in the end. It's not going to take you down. God is not going to let it take you down. How does that have anything to do with the show today? Well, because there is a plan. There's a wicked plan. It's a plan to, to cancel Christians, to silence us, to get us to be discouraged, weary, feel like we're defeated, we're beat down. There's an attack on the family. It's coming in from, I mean, I know some of you feel overwhelmed. You're like, gosh, I'm just now stomaching the fact that some of these, you know, amusement park, you know, the big amusement park company and the, the, the channel that they have along with it, you know, I, I'm just stomaching that that's actually evil. I'm just stomaching that, that, that there's actually a nefarious agenda there. I, I couldn't see it for so long. And people, some people mentioned I thought there were conspiracy theories, but now God is quickening my heart. He's showing me, wow, there actually is something. You know, uh, when people are saying, oh, there's rituals that are happening in these music videos, on these award shows, in these, in these Super Bowl halftime shows. For years, I thought it was a conspiracy. Oh, these people are nutty. And some people are nutty, by the way. There are nutty people on our side that have taken it too far, that have sensationalized things, that have just made things out of nothing. You know, mountains out of molehills. They're using it for clickbait or whatever it is to build their own kingdom. Yes, there is some of that going on. But there also are people that truly have a heart for truth. And they're out there sounding the alarm. They're out there warning. And the reason why they do it is because they don't want your home to be under attack. And, and this is an area that the devil uses as an open door. So, yeah, it may look extreme when we talk about Barbie. Oh, no, now, now he's coming after Barbie. You know, first it was Halloween. Now it's Barbie. You know, just leave me alone. Leave my family alone. Okay, well, that's fine. You got to do what you got to do. But then when you have the attacks as a believer and you're wondering why, this is one of the reasons. Not every reason, but it's some of the reasons because a lot of Christians don't want to listen to this type of thing. They don't want to believe there's a, a war on, on our culture and a culture war that's coming against the nuclear family. They just don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. I know you know what I'm talking about. They just have their hands over their ears. There's a lot of people sitting in churches and they just they'll laugh at you. They'll say, you, oh gosh, you know, I can't worry about all that. God's in control. Well, sure, God was in control when the flood happened. God was in control when Sodom and Gomorrah burned. God was in control when Israel went into captivity multiple times. Sure, God is in control. But you got to understand, there's, there's repercussions. There's the wages of sin or death. And God gives us the instructions, the understanding of how to navigate through this, this world that we're in and walk in an upright manner and, and have joy and have peace. I mentioned to you earlier, I woke up today, there was a heaviness on me. I said, Lord, give me joy, give me peace. Within moments, my, my countenance changed. 
Because God gives you the strength. He gives you the rest. He gives you the energy. He gives you the focus. He gives you a sound mind. He gives you friends that, that will actually stand with you. Oh, you've been burned. Yes, so have I. You think I haven't had people backstab me? Oh, come on. So many over the years. Not like crazy amount, but you know, enough to leave an impression. Enough to give me a little bit of PTSD. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like so traumatic. But see, a lot of us, we, we hold on to the baggage of these things. We just hold on. We, we never want to, and we bring it into our current relationship. A lot, of, a lot of people are bringing in baggage from your past into your current relationship. Don't do that. You've got to learn to release it. You've got to learn to let go. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and, and ask the Lord to give you the eyes to see yourself as he sees you. Yeah, you know, pastor, I'm so broken. I'm just so down. I'm so depressed. Get up out of that stupor. Stop being stuck. Wake up. Get up. Don't waste your life away. You only get one life. Some people want to just waste their life away. Why? You're still here. You're still breathing. You know, I have a friend. He's a quadriplegic. And he can't even do anything other than use his mouth to move his little joystick around and move him, you know, his vehicle around, his electric-powered vehicle, his, his wheelchair. But you know what? He's a joyful guy. Because you know he's still alive. And he just figures, you know what? I'm here for a reason does he have things that he struggles with of course he does you know he gets bed sores and things like that but you know what he he's he's made a decision in his life to not wallow in his misery and the lord's using him by the way the lord's using him in a mighty way so you can be you can you can whatever your situation is you can overcome it and we always think like we're, we're defeated so then we don't do anything i'm not saying we always but some of you out there you think that we're just so encircled our enemies it's kind of like you know, when, the, when they looked at the, at the giants in the land, they said, we're like grasshoppers to them. How are we going to go into this promised land? That's what a lot of people are doing right now. When they're looking at society, they're looking at the deep state, they're looking at the cabal, they're looking at the evil in the world, and they're just saying, they're just so powerful, they're so massive. How can we do anything to push back? Well, that's not true. If we all understand the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks, actually destroys the yoke of bondage. Can you imagine what we could do as a church? Of course we could do something. And God has not given us a spirit of fear. We can't be fearful. Be anxious for nothing and all things through prayer and supplication. Prayer, prayer. Some of us, we, we, we talk about prayer. We pretend like we pray. But do you really get, how much time, think about this, are you really spending in that prayer closet? How much time are you really, if you just do like an hour, if you did an hour a day, your life would change. So we, we make it like, oh, well, I do pray. Okay, what, you pray, what, like two weeks ago? You prayed on one, one time on something and, you, and you, it didn't happen and then it's like, oh, that's it? No. God wants us to be like a persistent, a, a people that pray without ceasing. That, that we have the faithful, fervent prayers. And he is going to move. He's going to move, saint. So listen, this culture war, they're actually the ones that look like the grasshoppers. We're the giants. But we just haven't realized it yet. Have you ever seen like a, you know, an elephant? They'll 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 attach the elephant to like this little wire, and the elephant will, will stay there, and then they remove the wire. But the elephant still thinks they're 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 held by that wire. They've trained the elephant. That's what the devil's done. He's trained a lot of us to where we think like we're 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 constrained. Meanwhile, we're constraining ourselves. We're self censoring. We're self constraining. We're, we're, we're stopping ourselves from walking in our calling because we don't really want to experience. We're afraid and, and we doubt. And so we can win this culture war. 
And there's going to be some tough decisions. Like maybe God, I don't know, I'm praying about this, but God might say, and he's done it before. I had a bunch of elves on shelves, if you know what I mean, during Christmas. These little elves on the shelf and everything. And, and, and while I was away, I was down at a, a place in uh, Florida, and I was speaking, and the Holy Spirit said, get those elves out your house. I was driving the car. I remember exactly where I was in Florida. Get those elves out your house. I made a post about it. People were attacking me. But God said, remove them. They're demonic. Now, look, you may not have that revelation. You may not feel like that. And you may think I'm crazy. That's fine. It's up to you. But the deal is, though, what God speaks to you, walk through that door. When he tells you, remove this thing from your home. When he tells you, this is the strategy. Listen to the Holy Spirit because God is much more powerful and he knows way more than we do. Amen. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in today's broadcast, the Todd Coconado Show. You can go to our website, PastorTodd.org. We love you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in the Todd Coconado Show today. If you're listening to this, you're listening to the podcast version of the broadcast or on the streaming channel, one of our social media channels. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember, we are listener supported. So uh, please help us by going to PastorTodd.org or ToddCoconado.com slash give. And that helps get these broadcasts out there to many people who are getting saved and set free and healed and delivered. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have an amazing day.